There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today marks the 25th anniversary of the night Billy Bob Thornton won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay with his masterpiece Sling Blade on March 24, 1997. I spoke with Billy Bob and bandmate J.D. Andrew when their band The Boxmasters played Ram's Head in Annapolis and The Hamilton in D.C. back in 2017. Hey, Jason. It's J.D. and Billy Bob. Hey, how are you? From The Boxmasters. <laughs> I knew who it was. I'm yeah, getting... we're on a bus in the middle of Wisconsin. Oh, okay. We're both on cell phones. It's ridiculous. The Boxmasters coming through a couple dates here in Annapolis and the Hamilton. It says the Hamilton show is a private date, um, so I'm guessing most of our listeners can come out to Ram's Head instead. So what's the deal with the private show? Is that, I know that's over near the White House. Do you have some dignitaries over there or anything? Well, actually, our friend Chuck Lavelle, who's you know the musical director of the Rolling Stones, Chuck is the musical director of a show that they have before the Correspondence Center every year. He's asked us to do it a few years in a row, but uh, we were always unavailable. But this year we were available to do it. And what they do is they have various uh, people from, like, uh, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, who have bands, uh, and they get to kick their heels up the night before the Correspondence Center. And then they always have a, they try to have a national touring act headline the show. And so that's uh, that's us this year. So we're playing for uh, news folks. All right, so it's tied to the Correspondence Center. See, I didn't know that. That's awesome. All right, but our other listeners can come out to uh, to Ram's Head. Um, take our listeners into your music. You've said that your early stuff is. Let's see what happens when we mix Buck Owens with the Beatles. <laughs> uh, how did you how did you get the how did you get the idea to sort of do the, this Americanized sort of take on on a British pop invasion kind of a thing? Well, we uh, we've always sounded kind of like a. Uh, band that was influenced by the British music of the 60s combined with the American, Americana music anyway. But on the T-Surfing record, the new one we have out, it's, uh, we wrote it with the idea that, look, let's write original songs but in tribute to the British mod music and the Southern California music of the 60s, and let's write it as if we were in 1966 when we wrote the song. And that's how it kind of came about. A lot of these songs we wrote in 2010, but uh, we finished them off and, uh, and made this record. Up at the Rams Head, where uh, you were just talking about, we, we played there a lot of times, and it's one of our favorite places. So they're pretty familiar with us up there. Uh, so it'll be more the uh, the other folks, uh, you know, at the Hamilton, uh, the news people. They're always too busy telling stories on TV anyway. <laughs> <laughs> JD, uh, are, you, are you there? You're still there in the background? I am here, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to get away from the same room that Billy's in right now. It <laughs> makes a weird echo. <laughs> so I'm going outside to stand in the cold, clear, crisp air that is Wisconsin. Uh, are you guys wearing your Liverpool suits yeah. right now? Uh, oh, God. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're, 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 it's, honestly, it's pretty darn cold out here. 
because we're in the middle of Wisconsin, and uh, it's uh, a place called Bowler, and I looked on the map, and I don't think there's anything around it. We're on two-lane roads driving through the woods, and uh, we weren't sure where our bus driver was taking us because uh, things are uh, remote out here. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Embarrass your, your fellow bandmates there. Uh, you know, compliment them a little bit here. Uh, Teddy, Teddy Andriotis is our third official box master. He plays keyboards. He's played with Billy since uh, Billy's first solo record. So he's been in the band about uh, 17 or so years. And uh, Teddy has a horrendous ADD, and he's mostly going deaf from all the years of playing in rock bands. So he often forgets or doesn't hear what you say, and if he does hear it, he forgets it pretty much immediately. <laughs> um, Dave Fowler is our bass player and tour manager, and he's a sweet little uh, southern southern man who speaks real quietly and says some of the funniest stuff you can ever imagine. And then uh, Kirk McKim is our guitar player, lead guitar player. There's not much you can say about Kirk other than he's a fantastic guitar player and a, and a great guy, and, uh, you know, we're so glad to have him. But then we get to our drummer, and uh, his name is Eric Rhodes, otherwise known as Meat Sweat. Because uh, the night before the first show that Eric was going to play with us, we were driving from uh, Los Angeles to uh, somewhere in Texas, and we stopped in Amarillo. And in Amarillo, they have a place called the Big Texan where you can try to eat the 72-ounce steak. Billy goaded Eric into trying to eat the 72-ounce steak, and uh, I instead played golf. And so I called them and said, hey, what are you guys doing? They said, Eric's trying to eat the steak. And I said, oh, no, don't let him do that. He'll get the meat sweat. <laughs> and so we've called him meat sweats ever since. That's an actual condition, meat sweats. I didn't, yeah, no, I never encountered that. Um, <laughs> what's, what's, what's the latest music you guys have been uh, working on lately? I know a couple years ago, I think you came on WTOP a couple years back, and you had like a double-disc album where one, where one was sort of, you know, your more rockabilly sound and one was a little moodier stuff. Yeah, we put two records out last year. We put two out the year before. And so T-Surfing is the latest one where we really put ourselves in the mindset that we were a band in 1966 or 1967, and there was nothing beyond that. So we, uh, you know, really stayed true to the sound of that time and we're really the, you know, kind of uh, the way, you know, music was done at that time. And uh, it's songs that we wrote, you know, six, seven years ago, but we just hadn't ever finished you know, we'd always intended on putting this record together, but just hadn't gotten to it. And so it's another, you know, it's 21 songs on one CD because we meant to put it on two, but they fit, so that made more sense economically. But it'll be out on a double, you know, double vinyl here at some point, too. We're supposed to have those at some point on this tour. Um, but it's just really music inspired by our love of the British invasion and English mod music of the 60s, as well as Southern California music like the Beach Boys and the Birds and Buffalo Springfield and all those, you know, Southern California rock bands at that same time. So, you know, it's all those influences rolled up into... Uh, our thing. Awesome. And then, uh, Billy Bob, how do you how do you balance it with your you you got to be a busy guy with with all your film shoots and stuff too. I know you're a Goliath on Amazon, and how do you make time for the, for the music dates in between there? Well, we just schedule everything right. You know, the first half of this year is uh, just for music, and the second half of the year is for the other stuff. Um, and you know, all the agents know that. So you you, you put a caller on one agent, 
use the other one, and then after you're done with them, you put a collar on the other guy. <laughs> well, J.D. said he had to step out into the, the cold, uh, snowy Wisconsin, and that made me think Fargo's coming back. How did, <laughs> how did, how did Lorne Malvo uh, not only change your career, because, I mean, you'd already won an Oscar for Sling Blade and stuff like that, but but uh, just, how, I mean, he almost made me look at the world a little bit different through the Shades of Green Predator, and, you know, he probably inspired a bunch of other little Lester Nygaards out there to kind of to man up a little bit. But how did he How did he sort of uh, change the way you look at the world, if at all? Well, I kind of looked at it that way to start with. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why I'm sitting apart. But uh, that was that was so that was so well written. Noah Hawley did an amazing job on that, and uh, you know you just basically had to go to work. It was really terrific. That's awesome. Um, I know we're up against the clock. Um, before we go, I wanted to get your thoughts on on the late Bill Paxton. You, I thought a simple plan was uh, was probably one of your more underrated things. I love that movie, and when we heard that news, we're, we're going to miss him. So I just wanted to you know get your memories on Bill real quick. Well, Bill was one of my dearest friends. Uh, he and I used to run around together back before uh, either one of us had much of a name, you know. I mean, back in the 80s, Bill and I ran around together. So. And we ended up doing three movies together over the years. And I had just seen Bill a couple of months before he, he, he passed on. And uh, it was uh, quite a shock to all of us. And uh, at his service, we just kind of looked at each other, all of us guys who were friends of his. And we just looked at his family with this blank look on our faces like we couldn't even believe it happened but he was a very talented guy and not only that just uh, one of the coolest guys you've ever run into he was he was an unselfish actor and uh an unselfish person well you guys are unselfish for uh joining us for uh the time you did we appreciate it guys check out the box masters in annapolis and then also good luck guys at the the private thing at the hamilton get everyone all warmed up for the correspondence center thanks for joining us yeah, we'll, we'll try thanks man Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.